All right, folks, my decongestant just kicked in so I can make this video. And boy, do I have a lot of things on a report to you today. Big hug to all of y'all folks. Uh, if you've been on this channel for any amount of time, you know that I have this saying, this way that I, this name that I call the deep state that are trying to destroy America. But man, let me tell you, the French took this to a whole new level. They're having protests over there and I haven't really been uh, reporting on it. But uh, protests and union strikes in France began last summer during the beginning of the inflationary and cost of living crisis, which came in large part because of a result of lockdowns instituted across the world, including in France, which had seen widespread anger among the public over the fact that billionaires, banks and major businesses saw their balance sheets soar while the average worker was left poorer. OK, of course, big box stores could stay open because they were deemed necessary, but little mom-and-pop stores had to close. Okay, well, this is where I want to get to, folks, because I don't really report on this, but you know how I often call these types of people treasonous, traitorous, rat bastards? Well, man, the French took it to a whole new level. In addition to targeting globalist financial institutions, the protests in Paris also targeted government buildings, including that of City Hall. In one of the most disturbing acts of defiance to date, striking rat catchers, who have had increased workload as a result of the tons of trash piling up on the streets and therefore attracting more rats through the dead bodies of the ro rodents they caught at City Hall building. And, oh my gosh, I showed this. It was on uh, it was on French television. So I, saw, I showed uh, Mrs. BCP, BFM TV this morning. I showed her the clip and, it, oh my gosh, it's disgusting. They literally took and just threw a whole bunch of dead rats over at City Hall. But, you know, what else are you going to do to get these treasonous traitors, rat bastards' attention? All right, I, I didn't report on this because I thought it was a, a non-story, but it's gotten a little bit better, so I'm going to report on this. So earlier this week, Joe Biden, during a stop in, in Colorado, said she was going to tell Joe Biden to invite the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship winners and the second-place teams to the White House because... Winners and losers, that's sportsmanship. Man, th this is taking participation trophies to a whole different level. In other words, Dr. Jill was saying, well, they didn't win the NCAA Women's Champions, but they were in the championship, so they should get a trophy for losing. So what happened was LSU Tigers beat the Iowa Hawkeyes 102-85, to for their first NCAA Women's Championship basketball win. And then uh, Joe Biden said that the Hawkeyes uh, should also be invited. Well, the Hawkeyes, the original story was the Hawkeyes said, uh, no, thank you. We don't want to be, we don't want to come to the White House as second place winners. Or the loser of the championship game. So this is where it gets interesting. Jill Biden's promise to bring the second-place team to the White House infuriated LSU Tiger Stars. LSU player Angie Reese said she won't be visiting the White House, nor will her team. Wow. CNN reporting, Louisiana State University star Angel Reese says that neither she nor her team would be visiting the White House after the Tigers defeated the University of Iowa Hawkeyes. 102-85 to too, folks. It wasn't even like close. It was pretty much a blowout. 
Traditionally, the national championship champions will be invited to the White House, but after comments from the First Lady, Jill Biden suggesting that Iowa be invited as well before appearing to walk that back, Reese said, I am an athlete, po- said, I am athlete podcast host Brandon Marshall and Ashley Nicole Mass. I'm going to accept the apology because they, you said what you said. You can't go back on certain things that you say. You can't have that spotlight. We'll go to the Obamas. We'll go see Michelle. We'll, we'll see Barack. So, I mean, Jill can't even get this right. Can't even just say, hey, you know, we welcome the champions. She had to make it a woke moment that we're going to invite the losers as well. What's the point of being, let's say you like you like Joe Biden. Let's say you like, what's the point of getting the victory and getting to go to the White House if the person you beat gets, to, the team you get to beat comes as, comes along as well. Now no one's going. Yet another notch in the belt of the stupidity of Joe and Jill Biden. Okay, so I talked about what's going on in France. How about this? Claims, uh, the unemployment claims this week hit 228,000 in the week that end, ended April 1st. And by the way, the, the one from the week before that was revised up sharply. So is the Federal Reserve's monetary tightening getting what they, they wanted? A so, uh, softening of demand for labor? It may be. It may be. Last week's claims would have been the highest of the year, except that the prior week's claims were revised from 198 to 246. That makes April 1st claims the second highest of the year. Now, of course, those will probably be revised upward. If they revised the week before that 198 to 246, and then we had 228 this week, it's probably going to be over 250 when they revise it up. Who can trust the government? The bottom line is this, folks is that they've been trying to uh, help the economy and stave off inflation by raising interest rates, and they've been using the labor market as the, as, the, as the test for that. And now it looks like, whether it's from their actions or not, labor's cooling off. Now, while labor may be cooling off, one thing that's getting nice and white hot, according to Russia is the Cold War has gotten so warm that it's now a hot conflict. The new Cold War is already over, a Kremlin spokesman said, and accused the United States of playing with fire by pushing the world towards nuclear war that he insists Russia wishes to avoid. Now, this is a comment that came hours after Russia announced it had deployed nuclear-capable missiles to the borders of NATO and Belarus and refitted Belarusian jets with the equipment to carry and drop nuclear bombs. That's where we're at, folks. That's where we're at. Moscow made a ta- tacit accusation the United States was to blame for this, saying Russia was doing more than America already did in stationing nuclear weapons in the territory of European allies. Now, obviously... Russia invaded Ukraine. But this proxy war that we're in via Ukraine with Russia is getting things nice and hot and toasty when it comes to this conflict. Speaking Wednesday, Russia's Deputy Foreign Minister Sergei Ryabkov made the hot war comment and said per release on his discussion 
from a government-controlled news and propaganda service, quote, I think we have already passed this period of Cold War. Now we are in the phase of a hot conflict with the United States. We are witnessing the direct involvement of that country in a hybrid war with Russia on various fronts. Now, tell me if this doesn't sound like he's talking about Joe Biden and hasn't hit this uh, description to a T. The way our American opponents are recklessly, provocatively, and in many respects, absolutely carelessly moving up the escalation ladder, the way they are blinded by their absolute absurd certainty about their ability to inflict a strategic defeat on Russia makes one doubt their mental faculties and their common sense. Do you doubt Joe Biden's mental faculties and his common sense? Do you doubt those of his regime who are really pulling the strings? Under President Trump, we had none of this nonsense. Peace and prosperity. That's why we want him back. Okay, folks, this just might be the nail in the coffin. A key member of the federal, this is a Washington Examiner reporting. A key member of the Federal Election Commission today rejected the Manhattan District Attorney's indictment of former President Donald Trump as a violation of federal election laws. It is not a campaign finance violation. It's not a reporting violation of any kind, said FEC Commissioner James E. Trey Trainer. If he's actually the third and his last name is Trainer, that's pretty cool that he's a Trey. Why are there so many of us Jameses as Trey's? I know it's a great name. I'm a Trey. I'm James and I'm a third. James O'Keefe is a James and he's a third. FEC Commissioner James E. Trey Trainer. It's got the coolest of them because his last name is Trainer. But I digress. In trying to stretch the law to make it look like a violation, District Attorney Alvin Bragg is really trying to make a square peg fit into a round hole. I don't know how you get around the evidence that both the Department of Justice and their investigation of the federal campaign finance issues and the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, in their ultimate jurisdiction over campaign finance issues, neither of them found there to be any violations whatsoever. And I think the jury is going to see that and they're going to have to rely upon the fact that both the law enforcement experts and the civil enforcement experts, as far as campaign finance are, con- are concerned, didn't find any violation of the law here. Wow. And of course, he says that the, that the DOJ and the FEC already considered the case and dropped it, that the Federal Election Commission dropped its investigation into the case back in 2021. And back in 2021, one of the things they were up against was the statute of limitations. But we see that Alvin Bragg went along and did this anyway. Now, folks, we need a change of venue because Alan Dershowitz just said something pretty interesting. He thinks that President Trump will not win this initial one, that he will have to appeal it. Watch what Alan Dershowitz says and tell me if you agree or disagree. Just as a side note, I don't know if you've been asked this, if you were personally called by President Trump to join his legal team, is that even something you'd entertain? Because you did that in the impeachment. I think you could I think you could get this case dismissed very quickly. Is that something you'd be open to? Now, obviously, Charlie Kirk isn't a legal expert. He just has a lot of confidence in Alan Dershowitz. And Alan Dershowitz doesn't have confidence that he could actually do that. Well, I have a policy of only representing somebody once. And so I'm not okay. going to... 
lawyer, but I would certainly be happy to participate in the court of public opinion. I don't think I could get this case dismissed so easily. Uh, I don't think that uh, I don't think that if you had the best lawyers in the history of the world, Abraham Lincoln and John Marshall, even the best attorneys couldn't get this, couldn't win this case. Why is that? Oh, yeah. It's in a corrupt den of vipers. A New York City judge would dismiss this case because that New York City judge's life would be over. Everybody would point to him the way they pointed to me when I defended him. Yes. Oh, my God. There's the man who helped Trump get free. So I don't think it's going to be easy. I think he probably will be convicted by wow. a New York jury uh, who voted for Bragg and voted for Get Trump. A never Trump, Trump hating judge, a never Trump, Trump hating jury, and a never Trump, Trump hating jurisdiction would all collude together to find Trump guilty. Because, of course, they would be scared of the blowback for not doing so. This is America in 2023. What a sad state of affairs. It will be reversed on appeal. It will never be affirmed all the way up to the Supreme Court. But uh, Bragg's going to be popular. He'll be reelected. Uh, and, and, and he'll probably win his case unless, unless there is a change of venue. What are your thoughts? Put it down below. The fix obviously is in against President Trump when it comes to New York, right? The fact, see, it's not just Alvin Bragg, folks. I, I've mentioned this in the past. He got the Supreme Court grand jury to sign off on this sham indictment. So obviously they're all cluing together or some people are being compromised or blackmailed and strong-armed into going in with this. Plus, of course, their careers would be over if they didn't. Once again, a sad state of affairs. But let's, let's move into Jim Jordan, man. I freaking love Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan definitely winning this round, throwing his weight around and making an argument that is so commonsensical and so logical, no one can defeat this. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan subpoenaed former Manhattan DA prosecutor and Hillary Clinton lawyer Mark Pomerantz for a deposition. Mark Pomerantz, a former senior prosecutor on the Manhattan DA's team investigating Trump, resigned in protest after District Attorney Alvin Bragg ended the investigation. He then went on to write a book on the topic. In the book, he claimed the investigation developed evidence convincing us that Donald Trump, Donald Trump had committed serious crimes. Now, if you recall, he also went on to 60 Minutes to promote his new book and talk about this. Trump slammed Pomerantz in a series of truth social posts, by the way. Last month, President Trump tweeted out, The 60 Minutes hit job doesn't say that the financial statements have a powerful and complete disclaimer clause that the properties and assets are generally worth more today than they were in the financial statements, that the most valuable asset is not even listed in the statement, that lawyer Mark Pomerantz and his firm were Clinton's lawyers who then went on to work for the DA to get Trump, that Pomerantz and his antics make it impossible for me to be treated fairly, and nobody was hurt. Okay, that's what President Trump tweeted uh, almost a month ago to, the, to today, a month and a day ago. Now here is where Pres uh, where excuse me where Jim Jordan shines in his brilliance and his common sense and logic. Chairman George Jordan subpoenaed Mark Pomerantz to compel testimony 
pertaining to his role as a special assistant district attorney leading the investigation into Trump's so-called hush payments to Stormy Daniels last year. Quote, <laughs> I love this. Based on your unique role as a special assistant district attorney leading the investigation into President Trump's finances, you are uniquely situated to provide information that is relevant and necessary to inform the committee's oversight and potential legislative reforms. Okay? Close quote. So first he butters him up. This is the brilliance of Jim Jordan. You are in a unique position to give us the information that you want. Then Jim Jordan addresses the 900-pound gorilla or the, or the or elephant in the room. I don't know the idiomatic expression exactly. Quote, this is going back to the letter from Jim Jordan. Quote, although the New York County District Attorney's Office has directed you not to cooperate with our oversight, you have already discussed many of the topics relevant to our oversight in a book that you wrote and published in February 2023, as well as in public interviews to promote your book. As a result, you have no basis to decline the t to testify about the matters before the committee that you have already discussed in your book and or on a primetime television program with an audience in the millions, including on the basis of any purported duty of confidentiality or privileged interest. Jordan's a smart guy by using logic and common sense. Pomerantz, he does have the information because he was part of the machine that was getting Trump. And then when they didn't get Trump, he resigned in protest. Oh, we could have gotten Trump. So Jordan is like, okay, come in here and discuss what you guys had to get Trump. That this wasn't political. But he knows that the DA's office doesn't want him cooperating with the oversight committee, with the Judiciary Committee. So brilliantly, Jim Jordan says, hey, look, you're out there promoting your book and talking about this anyway. You're on 60 Minutes anyway. You can't hide behind that. Come in and talk to us. Imagine if they were all like Jim Jordan. That would be awesome. All right, folks, let me uh, wrap up with these last few news items. I want to give you an update on the three Kansas City, Kansas officers that were shot, uh, that were the shooting yesterday. We have an update on that. Three Kansas City, Kansas police officers were injured in a shooting Wednesday during an undercover fentanyl deal that turned into a shootout. So this is an undercover drug bust that went bust and then ended up in a shootout. Multiple suspects also were shot, but everyone involved is expected to survive. There you go, folks. All right, just want to give you the update on that. Not, nothing much more to report on there, but since I did mention it uh, yesterday. Uh, the federal, a federal agency, okay, forget gas stoves. Now the federal agency is pushing new rules targeting portable gas-powered generators. Now, they're saying they want all this safety stuff in it so people don't die of carbon monoxide. I don't know. Maybe it's the Darwin Awards working to thin the herd, folks. But I think it's pretty obvious that you should not You should know that you should, at this point, you shouldn't be operating a gas-powered generator in a closed space. It's kind of like, I don't know, running your car in your garage with, all, with the garage door closed and no ventilation. Because of carbon monoxide. So they're saying there's, there's all of these safety reasons why they want to do this. But then when you actually go down into the statement, you find out what's really happening, folks. Tell me if this doesn't sound uh, for, familiar. On Twitter, 
CPSC Commissioner Rich Trumka Jr. pointed to data indicating that the poisoning deaths caused by generators' carbon monoxide emissions are increasing. But then, he also invoked mainstream narratives about climate change, writing, It is his best guess that the spikes in carbon monoxide poisoning are due to the uptick in extreme weather events during which people rely on generators for power. No evidence provided. He's just saying that, you know, it's the uptick in extreme weather. It's climate change that's making this happen. Folks, do you see how they hide behind trying to save the world as a reason for their agenda to get us to be a third world country? And let me end with this, folks. Uh, Nikki Haley actually had a interesting haul-in of money. Nikki Haley raised more than $11 million in the six weeks after announcing her candidacy for the Republican nomination for president. Haley, 51, is a former governor of South Carolina and Trump appointee as U.S. ambassador to the United States. She announced her candidacy way back uh, a month and a half ago on February 15th. Nearly 96% of Haley's 70,000 contributions came from donors giving 200 or less. And just six weeks, Nikki Haley's massive fundraising and active retail campaigning in early voting states makes her a force to be reckoned with. So $11 million in six weeks. Seems pretty good to me. I don't know, especially if someone who's coming in like at a distant third. What, do you, Folks, I want to know, is Nikki Haley anybody's pick within the BCP, BCP community? I suspect there's not many of you. I would suspect maybe there's none of you. But correct me if I'm wrong. It's a safe space here. If you are for Nikki Haley, put it down in the comment section. And those of you who are not, leave that person alone. I want to see if there are any and why you think Nikki Haley should do the should be in the Oval Office and 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 not President Trump. All right, folks, we'll be back later with more reporting. Don't forget we have uh, the BCB report. That's our sister channel. There was quite a, a bit of news reported this morning uh, by CP, BCP Juniorette. Make sure you check that out. Also, check out our other show, BCP Unfiltered, which you can find over at bcpextras.com or by going over to therealbcp.com. You can also catch this show and BCP Unfiltered in podcast format on Spotify and all the popular f- uh, platforms for uh, podcasts. All right, folks. I feel my congestion coming back on. I will be back later. Until then, ciao, goodbye. God bless.